Hey guys, it's Charles. Are you a lazy millennial like me who doesn't have the time, energy, or work ethic to actually read a book? If so, you're in luck. Head over to audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge to get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash settingedge. Reading is for chumps. We're going to episode 51 of the Set in the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Moskato. You can find me on Twitter. <laughs> J.U. Moskato. You can find Charles McDonald on Twitter. At Forward. Say what's up to the people, Charles. What's up? I was laughing because we literally he literally just asked me which episode this was. Not even two look, seconds before we hit record. Look, look. That's, you said I will meet you in five minutes, and you texted me back like 35 minutes later and that's said that you forgot. Yeah, and then I, I wasted more time to go grab a beer so I could wake up a little bit. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, football. Are, yeah, football. We're here with our week four gambling picks. So uh, let's just dive right in. We got the first game uh, tomorrow night, or I guess it'll probably be tonight by the time you guys listen to it. But uh, the Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are a six and a half point favorite at home. Uh, Justice, what you got for this game? Uh, nothing much other than Aaron Rodgers just smashes Chicago, and it's Chicago, and it's Mike Glennon, and it's Mike Glennon. And it's Mike Glennon. Um, that's pretty much all I got. Like America's jumped the shark, and all we're left with is the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> okay, so that's I, it. Just, just, just the thirteen-time world champion Green Bay Packers, God's favorite children. That's it. That's all we're left with. All right. So uh, yeah, I, th- I think I'm in on six and a half. I just I don't really trust this Bears team. I, you know, like they play well at home, but short week on the road, and you're going against Aaron Rodgers with a. Pretty undermanned secondary. I'm, I'm just going to take the Packers. It's, I feel like that's a pretty easy one. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about this, honestly. Like, if you don't have to watch this game, please don't. The Packers are banged up. The Bears are basically what we, we said that they were. Um, they're a very good running team that has a very good front seven, and they need help everywhere else. So if you don't have to watch that game, don't. The second game is uh, New Orleans-Miami, which is in London. Um, this game is is either the uh, Saints as fa- favorites as three or or two and a half points. Um, man, I really have no feel for this game at all. I mean, the Saints looked awful up until last week when they went they got their get right game against the uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers. Uh, Miami looked not great, I guess. I mean, they they took it down to the wire with, against the Chargers because that's what you do when you play against the Chargers. Um, but they Wait, just they got lost, the they lost to the Jets last week. I, no, I know. I mean, oh, we oh, too. Okay. That's what I was talking from the beginning, and then yeah, I mean, they got the brakes beaten off of them. So yeah, I, I don't know what to think of this game. This this would be my stay away if there weren't more disgusting lines later on in this thread. Yeah, this is this is my stay away game. I'm not even gonna wake up to watch this game. Honestly, I, I have no interest in either of these teams. So, and and that line is weird. I I don't I don't see why the Dolphins will be favored over the Saints after they just no trounced no, by the Jets. No, and the Saints are favorites. And the Saints – oh, the Saints are favorites? Yes. Oh, okay. I read that wrong. Excuse me. But, okay, so even two and a half points. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that should be a little bit higher then because the Saints just went on the road and beat the hell out of the Panthers and the Dolphins just got housed by the Jets. Yeah, I, I'm just going to stay away from this game. I'm probably not even going to watch it, honestly. All right, well, let's move on to the next uh, game. I'll take New This is uh, – I'll take New Orleans two and a half. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You, you, went, you went out for a second. My life. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, In yeah, I can world. hear you now. Jesus. <laughs> All right. All right. New Orleans two and a half. I'm taking it. 
Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, next game. Los Angeles Rams at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are six-point favorites at home uh, against the Rams. And that line, I mean, that seems like a lot of points for a Rams team that looks pretty damn good so far to start the season. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. The one thing that I want to talk about here is uh, I think it was NFL Network. I only read Twitter. I don't I don't click the link, so I'm a millennial. Um, but someone – it was it was NFL Network for sure, NFL.com. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah wrote a piece where he talked to five executives about the quarterback class of last year uh, between Jared Goff, uh, Dak Prescott, and Carson Wentz. And I think three of them said that they would take Dak and two of them said that they would take Wentz. And basically every single one of them said that Goff was in third place. And, man, I, I don't see that at all. Like, Goff looks really good this year. And this is coming from someone sure. – <laughs> This is – yeah, oh, absolutely. And this is coming from someone who did not necessarily like Jared Goff coming into the year. I mean, he was QB2 for me in that draft class behind uh, Paxton Lynch, but that's nothing close to bragging about. Yeah, I mean, we had a eulogy for him. Like, that was one of our first episodes. So uh, I I have no problem saying that he's playing well right now. And he and Dak are clearly, right now, through three weeks, they're the face of that quarterback class. Like, I don't even think Wentz is close to, to either one of them. Right, so you can find this at six and a half. Are you going to take it at six and a half, or are you going to tease it? Because I'm going to tease it with something else later on. Now, I, 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 here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to tease that to 12 and a half, and then I'm going to tease that cold sign up to 19 and a half. That's fucking all right. You, yeah. You, good luck on betting Colts football, because I have no idea what to do with it. it like, Colts football literally is going to be stay away from me until Andrew Luck comes back. I believe in Jacoby Brissett. You, good luck. Second best quarterback in the uh, AFC South, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, good, good luck with that one. All right, so uh, we're both going to tease out. I'm going to tease out with New England um, later on. We'll talk about that. Uh, the next game is Jacksonville at the New York Jets. Blake Bortles is a road favorite by a field goal. Yeah, I'm still taking the, the, the Jaguars here. We were talking about this a little bit before we came on. Like, I, I don't know how many people are talking about it right now, but uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie have legitimately been dominant through uh, – through the first three weeks of the season. And our uh, our pal, Mike Renner, he tweeted out Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie's stats through three games. So, uh, through three games, Jalen Ramsey has 15 targets, uh, five receptions allowed, 34 yards, eight yards after the catch, one interception. A.J. Bowie, is, uh, he has 17 targets, seven receptions uh, for 116 yards, four yards after the catch, and one interception. Jalen Ramsey has a passer rating, an allowed passer rating of fourteen point six. If you throw a play, if you throw the ball into the dirt every play, you get a passer rating of thirty nine point six. And AJ Blue has a passer rating of forty point three right now. So, those are two guys that are legitimately playing dominant football right now, and they're going up against Josh McCown, Jermaine Curse, and Robbie Anderson. So, like I, I know that. Like Blake Bortles being a road favorite is kind of ridiculous after what we've seen from him. Uh, I mean, last season and pretty much uh, through this season up until the Baltimore game, but that defense should be should be dominant. So I'm going to take the uh, the Jaguars here on the road. All right, so I'm I'm also going to take the Jaguars for the exact same reason that you were talking about. But Deadspin had this thing where they were asking. Uh, Jets fans, if they could name five New York Jets. So I want to see how far we can go back and forth before we cannot come up with another New York Jets. So I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll spot you the first one. You can go first. Wait, can you say that one more time? 
We, we're going to name New York Jets. How many New York Jets can we go through before we run out of names that we know are on the roster? Oh, man. I feel like I could get pretty far, honestly. Yeah, like like in a like in a gross way. Like we're for sure going to crack like we're for sure cracking the 5, but I want to see how far we can go. You go first. How many New York Jets can I name? Yeah. All right. Sh- Let's uh, go back and forth. You start with one. Leonard I'll do Will- one. Leonard Williams. All right. Uh my son Bilal Powell. Darren Lee. Uh Josh McCown. Robbie Anderson. James Carpenter. Jamal Adams. Mm. <laughs> All right, now that uh, Mo Wilk, the Mark- biggest quitter in football. Yeah, Marcus May. Uh, our Darius Stewart. Oh wow, I forgot he existed. Uh, who's that guy who he used to go to Villanova? You played Ben Ijelana. I just remember that because I was like, Yo, is he still in the league? Oh god, okay, we're we're getting close. Um, Brian Winters, the guard. Um, Matt Forte. Is he he's still on the team, right? Yeah, he's unfortunately getting a lot of Blyle Powell's uh, carries. Um, Darren Lee. already said Darren Lee. Mm, Josh Martin. I don't even know who that is. Uh, he's got a bunch of tackles for losses. Marcus May? Have we said him? I, I did not. All right. Uh, Jordan Jenkins. Yeah, and in here you lost me because I, <laughs> I think, <that's, laughs> I mean, outside of like Christian Hackenberg, who's not really a football fo- a football player, uh, yeah, that that mm-hmm. team sucks. I, I I think that Jacksonville, they they they're going to do what I thought what Baltimore was going to do to their offense to the Jets' offense. Yeah, um, that game was so fucking weird. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even the one thing that I will say that is weird that gives me a bit of pause. Is not not even necessarily the Blake Bortles factor, but the fact that Jacksonville is coming off of playing London and they're just like playing another road game in New York. Um, but still, I mean, it's a three point game, uh, totally different than than. So this is giving less respect to Jacksonville than Miami, because Miami was a six point favorite last week, right? Yeah, they were. There's no Jacksonville's not three points worse than Miami. I mean, they're a better team than Miami right now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're not three points worse than Miami. So, yeah, I think Jacksonville is the right call here. Uh, next game is uh, the Battle of Ohio, the battle for the top five pick, um, Cincinnati at Cleveland. Cleveland is a 3.5 to 3-point uh, dog at home after being road favorites against Indianapolis and losing that game. Yeah. I Man, I don't know what to do with this one either because I, I don't think Cincinnati should be favored against any team right now. Uh, they stink. Um, but at, at the same time, like this defensive line should absolutely eat Kaiser's soul in this game. I mean, Carl Lawson was absolutely dominant on Sunday versus the Packers. Geno Atkins is Geno Atkins, and, and Carlos Dunlap can still uh, get after the quarterback too. So, yeah, I, 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 I kind of like Cincinnati to cover this spread, even on the road with how horrid they've been, because I think that that defense is going to give Kaiser fits on Sunday. Mm, this is our first head-to-head. So you're taking you're taking Cincinnati minus three. I'll take Cleveland three and a half. Um, free Kaiser, give me the hook. Like that that whole thing. Like since you, I feel like we've been playing this game with the Browns and the Chargers for the past two years, but it's like they, they're staying in games close enough that they should be able to make an impact. Like the, you go back to that Baltimore game. There were three times in the red zone, I believe, where they went to the red zone. And they didn't come out with any points, 
and like that that just doesn't happen consistently enough for it to make a long-term impact. I will say that the Cleveland Browns right now, um, if you go on the update right now on our site, uh, the Cleveland Browns are like twice as worse in terms of uh, interception percentage as any other team in the league right now. Um, all of that isn't on Deshaun Kaiser's shoulders, but certainly some of it is. I mean, like the red zone interceptions are. Um, some of the things where he's throwing it into the chest of his receivers and are bouncing it out and just basically giving it to defenders, that's that's not on him. Yeah, and for what it's worth, uh, Cincinnati is ranked 10th uh, in pass defense DVOA right now, and the Browns are probably near the bottom in terms of pass offense DVOA. But uh, yeah, I I think that Kaiser's I think that that whole passing offense is going to struggle because they're they're making it super duper difficult on Kaiser in the first place, and you're, you're giving like long dropbacks uh, against a team that has Carl Lawson. Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, like mm, I don't know. How, I don't know how and they're and they're all and they're all on islands too. They're every single one of them is on islands. Like yeah. Cleveland, Cleveland's got. I think uh, PFF, my homeboy, we're just gonna keep referencing him. I think he said that it was like eighty percent of the time they're just going five man protection, which like God damn it, man. Yeah. Like that is not what you should be doing when you have. They're kind of in the same spot as like. Uh, I mean, they're doing more spread stuff, right? I mean, they're fucking throwing nine routes out of three offensive lineman sets, but. Um, they're kind of in the same spot as the Los Angeles Rams were last year, where like they don't have the receivers to be running the offense that they're running, and teams are just going to blitz the hell out of them until they can beat, you know, their receivers can beat defensive backs man. And right now, they just don't have those guys. I mean, Corey Coleman was supposed to be that one guy Terrell Pryor left, so that's what happens. Yeah, uh, and, and just to finish that DVOA reference point. Uh... The Browns are 30th in pass offense DVA right now. The Bengals are 10th in pass defense DVA right now. So, uh, obviously, like, you know, we're still only three weeks to the season. So, the, I mean, they haven't even waited, like, the first uh, round of DVA. They do that after the first four weeks of the season where you get uh, a little bit of a, you know, opponent adjusted DVA. So, you know, it, it's still just straight up raw numbers, but you, you got 30th going against 10th. So, uh, I, I'm going to take the Bengals in that scenario. But the next game we have is the Buffalo Bills at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are, for some ungodly reason, uh, seven and a half or eight-point favorites. And the Bills, I mean, they, they, they really don't have any reason to be that, like, they don't, they don't have reason to be that high favorites at all. No, but, I mean, if you were going to talk about teams that you have the most confidence in, um, through three weeks in the year. I mean, Atlanta is the NFC team, right? Yeah. Like maybe maybe Dallas, I guess, after Monday night. But, I mean, Dallas got blown out, blown out by uh, Denver. So I think everyone's just kind of banking on, you know, Atlanta being that team and not having the Super Bowl hangover and all sorts of stuff. That offense still looks legitimate. Um, I will say, uh, did, you, did you see my tweet at all last night about uh, the Buffalo Bills? When I got done with these numbers, the Buffalo Bills' uh, defensive stats – they're amazing. They're top ten in uh, seven of the eight stats that we run, and the lowest that they're in is seventeenth or thirteenth. So, like an uh, NEA value, which is passing efficiency, they're second. In uh, just a completion value, they're tenth. Yards per completion, they're seventh. Sack percentage, they're ninth. Interception percentage, they're fifth. Run percentage, they're sixth. Tackle for loss percentage, they're seventh. And then yards per carry plus, which is just yards per carry that get one yard or longer, they're thirteenth. So, like, they're above average across the board. They're the most well-rounded defense in football right now. Um, the Buffalo Bills – also, it, okay, so if I 
if I made you guess, how many multi, how many wins by more than a touchdown have the Falcons had between the 2016 and 2017 seasons? Are you talking about like so since the start of last season? Since the start of last year. Um. So what? That's 19 games. I would guess eight or nine. Eight. They're second in the NFL with eight, only behind the New England Patriots. Do you know how how many would you think that the Buffalo Bills have? I feel like they were pretty feast or famine last year. Uh, I'm gonna go five. Seven. 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 Wow. They're one win away from winning more multi-score games than any other team, other than the New, the, uh, New England Patriots. So, Buffalo Bills, like they're really underrated, and it's only because they didn't make the they didn't make the uh, playoffs last year, and there was a lot of stuff going on. I mean, there was the quarterback rotation at the end of the season. There was Miami getting really hot like out of nowhere, just winning lucky game after lucky game, even with a backup quarterback. Um, and then the Patriots obviously were going on their rampage. So they were just kind of put in a weird spot where they couldn't really make the playoffs in the division that they were in, but they were way more talented than some of these playoff teams. And it's kind of reflecting this year. I mean, I, I believe right now, I believe that they've won two games by multiple scores and they've they've had one close game, which is the best, you know, if we're if we're treating close games as ties, that's the best record in football this season. It's tied with the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. Yeah, and and just looking at you know once again DVA Football Outsiders is a fantastic website. Uh, <laughs> plug. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get hit with fraud like a damn NBA or a NCAA basketball coach. So he, he was misleading the youth. He was misleading the youth. Oh my god, that that whole situation was just ridiculous. I mean, can we? We don't need to talk about it now, but let's just – if we just accept that the NCAA is corrupt, then I feel like we'd be a lot less mad at what happens inside of it. But the Falcons are uh, – they're third in rush offense DVOA, uh, seventh in overall offensive DVOA. The Bills are third uh, in defensive DVOA. So I, I think this is, this is going to be a good game. Uh, now, I don't know how much to make of who the Bills have played because I, I think the Falcons clearly have the most talented offense between the Jets – the Broncos and right, and, yeah, and, and the uh, Panthers. And so that's kind of that's kind of the wrench that you have to throw in this. But still, it's a talented unit. The front seven's bald right now, and uh, and Trey White, who I think passed those filters that you had, he, he's had a stellar yes, start to his rookie season. Yeah, I mean that those those cornerback numbers are basically undefeated as long as your name isn't Demarius Randall. Um, if you're athletic, you know, if, if basically if you're a five ten and a half cornerback who can run and has a very good three cone. You're basically going to be an all-pro cornerback in the NFL level if you get drafted in the first round. As long as your name isn't Demarius Randall and the last time that you played cornerback was while you were also playing baseball at a junior college. So other than that, you should be good. Um, next game is the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. You should talk about what you're writing about Deshaun Watson. Yes. Uh, so by the time this goes up or probably by the time you've heard it, I'll have a piece up on Football Outsiders just kind of breaking down uh, Deshaun Watson's game against the Patriots. It was it, it was it was actually it was pretty fun to write because he, you know, he had his share of boneheaded plays, but he he still just showed off some like just ridiculous playmaking ability that he had at Clemson. So you're definitely gonna want to check that out. And the Titans are playing the Texans. They're heading to uh, Houston, where they are two and a half point road favorites. Man, some of these lines this week are are weird because I don't. I don't well, you I don't, you can find them one and a half even one and a half, which to me that's way too fucking low. Yeah, but I mean, still Houston still sucks though, uh, which which is the Houston's horrible. That I mean, okay. So what is, what does DVOA say about their passing uh, offense? Because right now, if you look at NEA 
numbers, right? NEA value with the Houston Texans are 30th. Um, the Tennessee Titans actually, I don't know what it says about the offense, but in these numbers, uh, the Tennessee Titans are actually the most well-rounded offense in football right now. Because I think the Titans in our eight categories, they're in the top 10 and seven of them. Yeah, yeah, they're top you, 10 and seven of them. If you look at DVOA right now, uh, the Titans, they, they pretty much have the most well-rounded offense behind the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And I don't know, I don't. the Chiefs' offense is kind of weird because I don't know how much stock it's big it's 50 yard runs yeah it's 50 yard runs but like the the shovel passes also get put into the past DVOAs, like the passing stats oh. too and you know it, it, like alex smith he could throw for 35 touchdowns and like 15 of those be shovel passes which is kind of fraudulent but but you know uh so so the the tennessee titans they're ranked sixth in pass offense dvoa second in run defense and run offense dvoa the houston texans are ranked 28th in or 25th in pass offense DVOA and 15th in rush offense DVOA. So, uh, I think the Titans are clearly the better team here. Now you just have to factor in on the road how much is how much of an impact you give to that. But the Texans, I don't think we need to overthink this one. The Texans still suck. Uh, I'm gonna take the Titans here. Smart. Yep. I'm gonna ride with you with that. Uh, Next game is Carolina at New England. The Patriots are nine to nine and a half point favorites. I'm gonna tease this down to six to uh, three points, and gonna parlay that or uh, tease that two team tease that with uh, the Los Angeles Rams twelve and a half. I don't know what you're gonna. Are you gonna take New England nine? No, I'm gonna tease it down to uh, New England minus three, and then I'm gonna tease the uh, I'm gonna tease the Eagles up to uh, plus nine. Eagles no, plus, plus eight, plus eight. I can't do math. I was gonna say, I was like, you're getting an extra number there that <laughs> I was not aware of that could change what I think about this game. Okay, perfect. We don't even really need to talk about this. Cam Newton is not right right now. I don't know what. I, do you think it's an injury? I mean, Cam Newton. I this was something that when I was tracking just because I was unhealthily following quarterback stats, right? I was doing the NEA stuff for the preseason, and that's why we became CJ Beathard fanboys and all that stuff, right? Um, but Cam Newton threw two passes. I want to say in the preseason, like it completely, because he wasn't right. Um, it's him and Flacco, and who I think that was pretty much it that got held out of the preseason. So those guys have not done well. Yeah, and, and you, know, I mean, last week should have been the get right game for uh, for Cam against New Orleans pass defense, but like they got bodied by New Orleans pass defense, which has been atrocious. So you you can't really bank on him taking advantage of. Uh, New England's past defense, even though Deshaun Watson just did. So, yeah, I, I think you got to tease that down. So, how, how how good do you think Brady looks in uh, practice? Because they have the best passing offense, basically, and they have the worst passing defense. Oh, my God. I mean, it's got to look like whatever Seattle's defensive line versus their offensive line looks like in practice, you know? Like, just completely yeah. dominant, just wrecking balls everywhere. They're disgusting. Uh, in uh, sack percentage value, they're 27th. Yards for completion value, they're 31st. And in adjusted completion value, they're 27th. So, like, all around horrible. There is not one thing that they're great at. Um, they're 20th in interception value, and that's their strong point in the defensive passing game. Yeah, and, uh, and moving if on. You, and, if, oh. and if you think about uh, New England's their interception value, one of those interceptions was a Hail Mary on the last play of the game on Sunday. So, I mean, even that is just... It, it, it could be worse. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Pittsburgh, not Paris Steelers. The Midwest Pittsburgh, not Paris Steelers. At the Baltimore Ravens, they are two and a half to three point favorites on the road. Um, Baltimore is coming off of a loss in London. But Pittsburgh is 
coming off of a loss in Chicago. Yeah, and the thing with that Baltimore game was that was the first time Baltimore had ever gone to London in Jacksonville. They had been a, a few times, and even like that, like even though we talk about Jacksonville having a new head coach, that entire coaching staff was there for the previous London London trips too. So I, I think that they were well prepared to kind of go on and. Uh, they, they've been through the routine before, and that was Baltimore's first time. Now, it, it, it obviously doesn't excuse a 44-7 to score, but I, I do think that that game was kind of an aberration, and we're going to see a little bit closer to what we thought Baltimore was throughout the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, I think we're going to get back to whatever, like, we're going to get back to that dominant pass defense that, they, that we saw the first two games. The Steelers, they, they just suck on the road for some reason. I, I don't get how you can have them as road favorites when you just had them as seven and a half point road favorites against the bears and they lost in overtime. And yeah, I, I think it just makes a lot of sense to take the, take the Ravens here. So it, that was seven and a half too. So, okay. So Baltimore, Baltimore would be an underdog in Chicago by that standard. I don't think that they should be. I mean, I get that they don't have a passing offense, right? Like that, that's very clear that Joe Flacco is not very good, but I don't know. Uh, since, since uh, 2003, how how many games do you think Baltimore has lost in M and N M and T? God damn, that is a hard stadium to say for me. M&T. Um, to M and T uh, against Pittsburgh. How many times do you think they've lost by more than three points since 03? Oh, th- oh I, I mean, I'm going to guess zero. Once, Once in 2008, and it was by four points. Okay, I, actually, yeah, <laughs> I think I, I think I might have gone to that game. Like, this is kind of, like, I, I think, like, rivalry games and, like, like, numbers like that are super overrated outside of, like, certain ones, right? Like, I think they matter in, like, the NFC East and, like, the AFC North and NFC North. I think those are the ones where it's, like, legitimately where the rivalries are similar to, like, college rivalries. And it, like, I mean, people talk about bad blood and it's, like, cliche and things like that. But it really does seem like the fucking Ravens hate the Steelers. Oh, yeah. that That is... I, I can I can tell you like just living here in Baltimore that there is no love lost between those two franchises. They they legitimately hate each other. That's what I needed to hear. So we plug it in uh, Baltimore plus three. One more thing uh, is Roethlisberger okay? Because I was I rewatched the uh, He's Steelers. Terrible. I watched the Steelers Bears game and today and it did not go well for my perception of Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he, he's been he's been actually pretty awful. And uh, I, I saw that our pal Kean Fahey he tweeted out that Ben Roethlisberger has been accurate on just two of his 14 deep ball attempts, which put him at a worse percentage than Blake Bortles was at last year, who had the worst percentage on the worst accuracy percentage on deep throws. So yeah, I don't know what's up with with Ben Roethlisberger. That whole offense is just super duper constipated right now. And I I don't see this as a get right game for them. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. There is no line on this game because we don't know if Sam Bradford is going to start. Uh, if you want to see a lot of short passes, watch this game. Oh my God! Do you remember that game? Was it last year on Thanksgiving where Bradford and Stafford were just taking turns throwing like two yard checkdowns and screen passes on Thanksgiving, ruining everyone's holiday? <laughs> I I don't remember this. It's a just which is a good thing. Scared, awful brand of football, and we need to get it out of the league. Uh, fire Jim Bob Cooter, launch Adam Gase to the sun, uh, make Ben McAdoo go bald and, and just leave yeah. the country. Okay, so we could talk about this real quick. Um, when I was running these numbers, I was super surprised how high uh, the Giants' completion percentage was. And right now, if Eli Manning 
uh, if, if the season ends today, Eli Manning would be would break the completion percentage record in the NFL, which is awful, which is crazy. And they're they're not in that passing offense. Yeah, it's not any, like that is the most that is the most fraudulent stat in the sport is completion percentage. It does not matter at all because it does not count how deep a pass is, and that's all that matters. Yeah. So if you if you just look at Eli Manning's projected stats for the season, you know these never come out true after three games, but. He's on pace for 4,400 yards and 624 attempts, uh, 21 touchdowns, 21 picks. So, I mean, that, that's not even a good season by today's standards. Sounds about right. Uh, so I'm looking at uh, – oh, my God. You were right. I think this is the right game. It's a 13-16 Minnesota-Detroit game where the Lions won. Okay. And it yeah, was on – it was a comeback that Stafford had. It was awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um Stafford threw 40 passes for 232 yards, and Sam Bradford threw 37 passes, 31 of which were completions, and only threw 224 yards. Yep, I remember my uncle was extremely drunk and extremely upset that they were just throwing checkdowns the entire game, and that's 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 what's ruining America, folks. Not not anthem protests, not kneeling during or on the flag. It's the short passing game that's killing the NFL and killing football and making us worse Americans, worse people in general. Um, how many? So there were seven scores in this game, in this thirteen sixteen game. There were seven scores. How how many? So of the last five, how many do you think were field goals? Of the last five, five yeah, I think four of them were. All five. All five. All five of them. Basically, you saw two touchdowns in the first quarter. And then it was just dink and dunk oh, passes yeah. and field goals. I remember because I was like, yo, this is going to be a fun game. And then they just um, oh, man. Like, like I remember watching that game live and I was just so bored because all they did was just screens and dump offs and check downs. How many catches did Theo Riddick have in that game? I already closed the page and I'm scared to open it back up. I don't want to be on a government list, man. <laughs> Fez, Fez is watching right now, man. Fez are not kidding around. They ain't got nothing else to do. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Uh, but let's move on to... The next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at your L.A. Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, uh, what they they're a pick 'em at home. That's the pick, best home pick game. Em, pick 'em, pick 'em to two point favorites. Yeah, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles, um, they should not be two point favorites, but ahead of the Philadelphia Eagles. I see no reason at this point why they should be considered a why that home field should be considered as a three point swing, right? And I see no real reason why the Los Angeles Chargers should be considered favorites against the Philadelphia Eagles on a neutral field. Um, I mean, I was big into to the Chargers, but I, we were both big into the Eagles. I mean, I said that I think that the Eagles were going to win the NFC East before the season started. I think you said the same thing. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this team is really good outside of quarterback. Yeah, and I, I think that I, I think that defensive line is going to eat this week uh, against, the, against the Chargers. I mean, you got Fletcher. honestly both of them. Yeah, both the chart. The Chargers are like, I'll look it up right now. But the Chargers were something like second in, in uh, yeah. So they're second in sack percentage value right now, and they're like thirteenth in tackle for loss percentage value. They were top ten in both of those last year. Like the Chargers' defensive line is getting in the backfield way more than guys think. I mean, Corey Legit or Legit. I don't know how you say his damn name because no one ever talks about him. But he's like a he's like probably top twenty paid interior defensive lineman. Yeah. And he was probably top ten in tackles for loss last year, and no one talks like people don't even know what the hell his name is. Like there's some people listening to this podcast who have never heard his name before, and he's like in his sixth, seventh year in the league or something. Yeah, he was a first round pick, and no one cares about him at all. <laughs> at, at all, 
He, I mean, he's finally back playing the position he should at three tech. Uh, so, right. I mean, he's not a bad defender. He's just somebody that nobody really cares about. But I had this game teased with uh, New England, so I think I had this at Philadelphia plus eight, New England minus three. You do, and I'm just gonna take Philadelphia plus two straight up. Um, bad news, bolts, baby. That's it. That's all I gotta say about this at this point. Uh, they let me down. They let yeah. America down. Did you see the thing about the Rams? The Rams are about to set the attendance record for like the biggest drop off in sports history or something like that this year because they're they're averaging like twenty thousand people, like more than twenty. I think it was twenty three thousand people less so far this year than they were last year, and like that stadium, like that stadium was half full to begin with. Yeah, I mean they're playing the Coliseum, which holds I, I want to say ninety thousand people, if I'm not mistaken. easy. I mean you you take away the redacted Heisman jerseys, right? That are <laughs> that are basically tarps in the end zone, and that easily can fit a hundred thousand. Yeah, uh, yeah, but at the same time, like they lost as many customers as people can fit in the Charger Stadium. I don't know if you're counting Miami fans. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> just awful awful but uh let's move on to the giants at the tampa bay buccaneers the bucks are three point favorites at home i don't know this this is a tough one too the giants are just bad they I'm are cool but... i'm cool with just riding with tampa honestly like the giants might be like top five pick back oh yeah yeah they are they, they, they mean they their offense are. is they they're all their passing offense is horrid right um but it's like the dinky dunkiest passing team of all time and they can't block anyone they can't they haven't gotten their running game started for when was the last time they had a hundred yard rusher because was it 2015 was it like 500 days ago it might have been andre williams in 2015 you know how different the world was like 500 days ago you know how much better the world was 500 days ago? <laughs> <laughs> and then like the giants defense isn't even good right now no they're not but this game against so, james Winston might be what the doctor ordered it might because he's a turnover machine but um i was looking into uh I can't remember if I was in the group chat talking about this, but I was looking into stats about basically I ran the update for last year's year, season, but only the only the only plays that I counted were when a team was within a score. And essentially, like the Giants weren't even that great. The thing was they got on the board early, and then once they were up like eight points or more, their defense would just suffocate people. Like that's when Olivier Vernon was getting all those sacks was when it, the, it, obvious passing situations and things. Like he's not a good pass rusher. In isolation, and that's what's caught up to the Giants right now. Because right now their offense is going, and if their offense is going, that's kind of what kickstarts their defense. Even though their defense is clearly more talented, um, they just like this is a bad fit offense defense wise. I, I just believe in. T- I mean, you have one bad game. Mike Evans is still like throwing shit on the sideline. Um, but I, I man, who do you think throws? Okay, let's have this conversation. Who do you think has the bigger uh, temper tantrum this weekend? Do you think it's the uh, giant? Do you think it's OBJ or Mike Evans? Mm, I feel like it's gonna be Mike Evans. I don't know. I don't know here, but uh, Odell, he's a, he's a G for that uh, the celebration where he pissed in the fire hydrant <laughs> for to get back at, at Trump. You know, you know what? I, I can't believe that some of these Giants fans have the audacity to say Odell Beckham is a distraction. Where would that passing game be without Odell Beckham? What 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 could they do? Uh, they scored seven points, or no? I'm not even sure if they scored seven points in the first half. They might have scored zero points in the first half. Like the, the there was no offense going on in the first half at all, and they kickstart with OBJ. Like, come on, you guys got to be kidding me. He's, They're he, gonna be. He might so, be the most valuable like, receiver in the NFL. 
Is Mike Francesa still on the air? Because if Mike Francesa is still on the air, I need Odell Beckham to promise me personally that he will he he will sign a contract before Mike Francesa signs off. Because I want to listen to that. Oh yeah, uh, Mike Mike Francesa is, is Mike Francesa. He's still on this on the uh, <laughs> he's still he's still in the air. And I, I just Google his name. First thing that comes up, my friend Mike Francesa dr- blasts Giants Odell Beckham for. Uh, for yes. Perfect. Uh, if you could just like DM me that link. I will. You know. All right. Perfect. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going with Tampa. Oh what are you? <laughs> Mike Francesca dra- blast Giants Ola Beckham for dog celebration. Quote, he has you completely bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the best clip? The best clip is the one that, uh, I think you liked it, and I found it on on uh, like you know f- you know Twitter snitch and all that stuff. Yeah, it showed up on my timeline. It's just the the Shane and Sharp skip 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 skip. We just in a loop. <laughs> if if it's the last thing that this podcast ever does, he will be on here. I'm already plotting my way through FS1 to, to make that happen. But yeah, coming back to the game, let's uh, let's get you and Trey Clavis's Trey Clavis. Clay Travis's there we go. I'll get it the third time. His DMs or what? No, I, I got another source. Jason McIntyre. What, what game? What game? Are, well, who are you taking? The Giants or the Buccaneers? Giants. Answer the game question. You can spend twenty minutes on this damn game that no one cares about. For teams that are collectively one and four. All right. Speaking of teams that no one cares about, the 49ers at the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are six and a half point favorites, and I don't think that they should be six and a half point favorites over anyone, especially with the we'll final at seven. Yeah, I'm I'm taking San Francisco plus seven. The the Cardinals shouldn't be fi- favored by seven against anyone, man. Yeah. Carson Palmer cannot throw outside. Nope. And I mean, we just saw Demarcus Lawrence just had like fifty thousand sacks against that offensive line. So I, I think that the four man rotation that the 49ers have should be enough to get the job done. And that's all I want to spend talking about that game. Uh, next yeah. game. Hold up, hold up. I got I got points. I got points. Shout one time. I got to brag about this. Shout one time for D Law. Because I wrote about him last week and talked about how he should be having a bounce back season, um, because he came off a of suspension and his early numbers basically predict like Pro Bowl level caliber type production. So we got that one right. Uh, San Francisco scored like what was it, thirty eight or thirty nine points last week? There's n- like no, they they this game should be closer to a pick 'em than you know more than a touchdown. There's no way. Uh, next game is Oakland at Denver. This is the chain snatching rematch. Yes, it is, and I think Aqib Tlaib is going to snatch more chains in this one. Uh, Denver is a three-point favorite at home, and you had a pretty ridiculous stat about how Denver performs at home in September. So why don't you get that one off? Yeah, so I told you guys about um, I told you guys about the week one, week two. So I decided to start looking into it more. Um, in between, in the first through fourth game uh, since 1990, the Denver Broncos are 52 and 10 at home. So, I mean, basically their Alabama win percentage, essentially, when they're at home since 1990. I mean, that's through multiple quarterbacks. You have to go through Jake Plummer to get to John Helway there. Um, and then in just games three and four, right, because I gave you guys the stats on games one and two last week. In games three and four, they're 22 and seven, which like 22 and seven isn't as great of a number as 52 and 10. But 22 and seven is still 22 and seven. Like it's really basically if you have to play Denver in uh, – Basically, in September, you should be mad at the schedule makers because they fucked you. Yep. Uh, I, I think Denver wins this one. And, man, I think, we're, I think we're still trying to figure out what Oakland is. You know, they had the big win against the Jets. The Jets. But that's something that, that, that they should win. And then they had the week one win 
against the Titans in week one is always weird because the Titans have looked a lot better since that game. And the Raiders, they they might be fraudulent. So I'm, I'm going to take the Denver and uh, minus take, two. Take that sickle Both cell with me, you know. Let's, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's get the thing done. Also, uh, keep, I want to like still just keeping an eye on Derek Carr. Like uh, that, that whole thing is weird. Uh yeah, he he sucked on primetime on Sunday, and also that whole little thing where he was one of like five Raiders standing for the uh, the anthem while the rest of the team sat on the bench and locked arms. Yes, sir. Um, what do we have left? Indianapolis and Seattle, uh, three and a half to or thirteen and a half to thirteen point favorites. This is my stay away. Uh, you talk about why you're gonna take the Indianapolis Colts or whatever. I I think that they have the defensive line to keep this one close. You you know like who did they so the the Seahawks or they just play the Titans and you know obviously like. Jarrell Casey, Derek Morgan, Brian Arakpo, that that's a really damn good trio that you can have on the defensive side of the ball. But when you just look at where Seattle is in terms of talent on the offensive line and where the Colts are in terms of talent on the defensive line, you know, Jonathan Hankins, he's, he's been playing pretty well against the run. Uh, you have John Simon and Jabal Sheard. Jabal Sheard, who has surprisingly been really, really good against the run so far. I, I, for, I guess I forgot that he was uh, like a, a real player in that regard. So Jabal Sheard beat the shit out of uh, Joe Thomas a couple times last week. Yeah, he did. Uh, so I think that – I just think that they have the, the defensive line to kind of just keep this one close and make things nasty in the pocket for Russell Wilson. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if this game looks a lot like the uh, – the game that they had against the 49ers like two weeks ago where they... I don't see Carlos Hyde anywhere. You got to show me where Carlos Hyde is in the fucking Indianapolis backfield because I've been looking for him for like three years. I see him in number seven, Jacoby Brissett. He's going to keep this game close. And he's- <laughs> QB, QB two in the AFC South, Jacoby Brissett. QB one. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. All right, take take down your Deshaun Watson post. No, I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, I just I just think that you have you have a chance to kind of beat up the beat up the Seahawks up front and make things hard on Russell Wilson and you know if you can kind of make that offense one dimensional it's not like Russell Wilson's playing lights out anyway so if I can take the the Colts as 19 and a half point underdogs on the road uh, I'm, I'm gonna go for that with the way that Seattle's been playing right now I believe that if you are one in three there's like a six percent chance that you make the playoffs so like the Seahawks kind of got to avoid that completely um, they're the biggest fate. Like they're think about this. They're a one and two team, and they're the biggest favorites in the NFL right now. Yeah, so let's ride it with this teaser. <laughs> That's crazy. All right, you you can go for that. I'm staying away. Uh, last game of the week: Washington at Kansas City. You can find Kansas City at six and a half to seven points as the favorites. Um, honestly, there are five other teams that are six and a half point favorites or higher this week, and Kansas City is the best team in football right now. Like I, I really don't think that anyone will argue with that point. I mean, I guess there are people, I mean, we were talking about, so we already talked about the NFC, right? And how Atlanta is kind of the face of the NFC right now. And how we're not sure if they should be multi-score favorites against the Buffalo Bills who haven't made the playoffs. Right. Um, in the NFC, in the AFC, we talked about how uh, Ben Roethlisberger doesn't look right. Right. And then how the New England Patriots defense is the worst defense in football right now. Um, to, to me, at least the Kansas city chiefs are by far the, the best team in football as it stands right now. But I see no reason why we wouldn't take them six and a half 
know, after Washington had, you know, the the biggest game of their career. There's got to be – I think there was something about Kirk Cousins, either 500 teams or, like, off of a win or something like that, something crazy. But just ignoring that, like, Kansas City's just a clearly a better team. And I think if you got the gun to my head and make me pick one, I'm picking six and a half easy. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the Chiefs are a lot better than Washington right now. So let's roll with that. All right, perfect. Uh, we should talk about uh, – so we'll do – I think we're going to only do two podcasts a week starting off next week. I think we're going to wait off on the Sunday takes. I think we're just going to do – we should do like Monday gambling and then we're working this on the air. And then Wednesday, we'll just take takes from uh, the people and we'll talk about them um, and then or we'll, do we'll, interviews. We'll sprinkle an interview. We'll, we'll figure it yeah. out off air. But, yeah, we're going to go back to two. Uh, I think it will be easier that way just so you guys don't get oversaturated with the podcast and then we have a little bit more time to do stuff that's not uh, – our Sunday show kind of sucks too, by the way. Yeah, it does. It's just, eh. It's yeah. late. It's, it's, I mean, it's, you guys it's, are... it's almost midnight here, but by the time you I'm tired, I'm drunk, yeah. I'm high. So, well, not the last one, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's just My end it right goodness. there. Goodness, Charles, yeah. Charles Fernandez. Yeah, I'm feeling all the beans right here. Uh, so let's just end it right there. Uh, anything that you're you working re- on that you We got to review our picks. We got to go. We got to oh, go yeah. one by one. Chicago at Green Bay. We are both taking Green Bay six and a half. Uh, New Orleans against Miami in London. I'm taking New Orleans by two and a half. Charles is staying away. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams at Dallas. We are both teasing the Los Angeles Rams to 12 and a half. I'm teasing with the uh, New England Patriots. He's teasing with the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville Jaguars at the New York Jets. We're both taking the Jacksonville Jaguars by by three points on the road in an in, in amazing turn of, turn of events. We both trust Blake Bortles on the road. Uh, Cincinnati at Cleveland. This is our first head-to-head, I think, since week one. Well, I'm taking Cleveland three and a half. You're taking Cincinnati by three points. Um, Buffalo at Atlanta. We're both taking Buffalo by eight and a half. Tennessee at Houston. We're both taking Tennessee one and a half. Uh, Carolina at New England. I'm teasing that down to uh, New England minus three. With the Los Angeles Rams, you're teasing it down to New England minus three with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Pittsburgh at at uh, Baltimore. We're both taking Baltimore as a three-point road dog at home. Or home dog. Man, road dog at home. That really came out of my mouth. Goddamn. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. That game does not have a line right now. We don't watch it. Uh, Philadelphia at Los Angeles Chargers. I'm taking Philadelphia plus two. Uh, you're taking Philadelphia plus eight and teasing it with the uh, New England Patriots. New York Giants at Tampa Bay. We're both taking Tampa Bay minus three. San Francisco at Arizona. We're both taking San Francisco plus three. Oakland at Denver. We're both taking Denver minus two and a half. Um, Indianapolis at Seattle. I am staying the hell away from that game completely. You are teasing it to 19 and a half. Indianapolis with the Los Angeles Rams. And then Washington at Kansas City. We're both taking the number one team in football, the Kansas City Chiefs, minus six, minus six and a half. Um, we've really only, we only had one losing week so far. Right, we finished at least five hundred. We finished five hundred last week, which isn't a win, but um, you know, in terms of record, that was a weird week too. Because I think what was it? Uh, of the eight highest favorites or six highest favorites, only one of them won or something like that. And there was some. I mean, it was a weird week, protest week. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Um, but we've we've done pretty good this season, if not for one single goddamn sack fumble by Josh McCown. I would be holding my record in front of everyone and bragging, but. Unfortunately, it's going to take us another week to build that lead, and that's what this week is for, and we feel pretty good about it. So, Yeah, uh, so let's see. Anything coming up that, you work, that you're uh, working on you want to let people know about? 
Uh, I think I'm going to write about Demarcus Lawrence again for Bleacher Report and then just go click the update. It's got stats on basically everything that you would want to know about how efficiently your offense is moving the ball or defense is stopping the ball being moved. Uh, Thursday, bright football. We're going to have to, I'll probably write about the Packers, however that thing ends. And then other than that, not really. All right. Yeah. So uh, I think it's going to conclude episode 51 of Send the Edge. We'll be back. I guess we'll work it out and we'll be back when we're back in uh, the next couple of days. So good luck. Five, six. Godspeed. Eight, five. Hope you guys make mad money this weekend. Adios.